It's Monday night, 6 through to 8 o'clock, and it's of course the Tilt and Talk Show, baby. It's Tilt and Talk Show. Here we go. Um, no um, football to talk about this weekend, uh, to be honest with you, apart from uh, a very boring, drab England game, which I didn't watch, but my children did, and they said it was absolutely awful. However, good news. We have some good news. The building work is back underway. The refurbishment is back underway. Can't wait. Can't wait to see St Andrews absolutely full and rocky. Okay, introducing you to the team tonight. The one I think is to Chris Brown. Good evening. And of course, the show is sponsored by uh, Small Affordable Cars of uh, Tamworth. Of don't course. forget, don't forget. Get them people. Must forget them people. Uh, the lovely Claire Giblin. Good evening. The inevitable savant of all savants in the whole wide world, Paul Hitkiss. Evening. And then we're going to Watto, chairman of the board. Good evening, everybody. And, uh, oh, golly, what's his name? Mr. Robe. Oh, he's a crikey. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs> and we're all the way from Texas, United States of America, Mark Meredith. Evening, all. Brilliant Australian uh, accent. And we've got, what, sorry? Brilliant Australian accent. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. Yeah, tremendous. Uh, then I'll introduce Craig Courtney. Good evening, all. And special guest tonight, Dave Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hi, Richard. You all right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dave, tell us about yourself, what you do, what, etc., etc., etc. So, yeah, um, reached out to Craig early today, a bit late in the, in the day, just thought it'd be a good idea to pop on, uh, keeping regular contact with Craig. Um, he's asked me to help support you guys in, in raising some funds uh, for the QE. Um, I think most of us, being Brummies, have some connection to the QE. Uh, Craig explained... Uh, his reasons for that. Uh, I personally had my brother-in-law sort of looked after in the QE, so, you know, he's more than happy to support. So I'll be doing something next week uh, to help raise some funds uh, under your banner uh, to, to, to get some much-needed money to support the activities at the QE. But also, uh, something else um, that's happening now, uh, I'm a big supporter of the Justice for the 21 campaign. I've been for a number of years. Uh, done a number of fundraising events, uh, and yesterday uh, we had uh, the latest um, charity walk start from Brum, uh, and we've got two guys, uh, Ian Williams and Glenn Randall, who are walking from Birmingham to, to Belfast, uh, walk up to Liverpool, they'll be there by Friday evening, and then jump on a plane over to Belfast, uh, they'll be greeted by a number of people in Belfast, and then walk into the city centre, all, all to raise funds uh, to support the campaign for the families. Being Brummies, most of us know the story of uh, Justice for the 21. Uh, looking at today's uh, uh, sort of attendees, most of us will, will remember 1974 and the activities. And those of us of a certain age even knew somebody that was directly affected or, or knew someone who was part of a family that, that was affected by it. The bare facts are 49 years on, you know, those families still have had no justice. Uh, our cities have had no justice. And that's something that, that quite a few of us are still fighting uh, to try and achieve. The two guys are actually walking 
um, to Belfast. On actually Brummies, uh, Ian's from Preston, and three seniors is a, a dirty Leeds fan. Uh, but I don't hold back too much against him. And then Big Glenn is from from London, uh, and he's a, a Spurs fan. <clears throat> Both of them, uh, I consider uh, brothers. Glenn actually came over to France uh, when I had my little incident last year and, and come and spent a few days with me. We're, we're that close. Uh, I walked the first 10 miles with them yesterday. Uh, a week ago, I wouldn't have been capable of doing that, but thankfully during the week, I felt much better. Uh, and, and for me, it was a personal achievement. It's it's by far the furthest I've walked since, uh, since uh, last year. Why it's important that they're aiming to raise £5,000 towards the legal costs that the families are hit with constantly. Um, we're off to a reasonable start. There's about £600-£700. Uh, in the kitty. Uh, last time when they did a similar walk, the walk from Birmingham to London, they raised over £6,000 uh, for the family, all the money going directly to the cause. Um, you know, uh, independent sponsors support their travel costs and, and accommodation costs. So I just wanted tonight to sort of uh, take five minutes out of your, your evening uh, and everybody else who, who's listening to just try and raise awareness, A, for the, the, the cause, the campaign for Justice for the 21. If you don't know the story, please Google it and have a look. Uh, it's, it still amazes me that you come across from is that don't understand what happened uh, in November 1974. And and if you can, I won't repeat the, the donation uh, link on here because it's quite a lengthy one. Um, but if it's okay with you guys, I'll post it up on, on the page course, later, yeah. if that's okay. Yeah, of course it is. Of course. We, can, we can raise uh, raise some much-needed funds. And and just, you know, find them on Facebook under Justice for the 21 and just keep in touch with them, send them a message, just keep them jollying along. Uh, I've been harassing them most of the day. <laughs> Absolutely gutted I can't be with them. Um, and unfortunately, I can't get up to Balfour or, or Liverpool to get to Balfour with them. But there's plenty of people that will be there to support them. Um, and we gave them a good old brummy send-off on, on Saturday. The reason uh, I didn't see the match on Saturday, we were celebrating these two guys being in our fine city and giving them a good brummy send-off uh, in town. Um, so thankfully, they, they, they weren't too bad. They could get up Sunday morning and start the walk. So, But, yeah, just cheer them along. Um, if you can, please donate um, and support these guys. As I say, they're not brummies. They're from other parts of the country. There's lots of people around the country, again, through the football family. It's always a football family that, that reach out and, and, and look to do these special things to, to help whatever causes we, we aim to support. So uh, if anyone wishes to know any more about it, about it, you can you can contact me direct. I will post a link up. Uh, but please, whatever you, you know, if you can, spare whatever it's, it's difficult times, I know, for everyone, but, you know, it doesn't have to be a big donation. You know, we're a big city. I, I constantly get upset that it has to take two people from out of our city to go and do the walk to, to raise awareness. Um, but thankfully, we've got good people that do that. Let's show these guys how much we, we think of them by raising some funds for them and the families. Superb. One of the best seven minutes. One of the best seven minutes the talk, the talk show has had in a very, very long time. Mm. 
Absolutely brilliant. Stuff. Right. Um, what's the uh, what's the affinity with the bear and the ragged staff? Your Warwickshire uh, emblem there on your hat. Uh, I'm a massive Warwickshire supporter. During the summer, I tend to watch the cricket. That's um, right. I'm a Warwick boy myself. You see. Yeah. So, so you know, Brummie born and bred, and when I was born, we were still Warwickshire. So. Yeah. 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 yeah that's so, true. Cool. A lot of people um, shy away from it because they only see the political side of it. What they don't see is that there's people from all walks that, that were affected. My, my wife, if anyone's met my wife, she's Irish, a, a family from Galway. Uh, she's actually got family members that I've met that were on the other side of the fence. Um, and those of us that know most of the facts around it, it's not really an Irish issue. Uh, but we're not here to go into that. But she no, was, she was born in seventy four. She was born in nineteen seventy four, and her dad died two weeks before she was born. So her <clears> mum <throat> brought her up. She can remember walking down the road and seeing her mum being spat at as a child because she was Irish. You know that's that's what the Irish community had to go through because of this act and. You know, um, it piles into significance what, what the families that were directly affected by it, but it was all walks. We, we've tried for a long time to get the club to actually do something. There's uh, two of the 21 were devout Blues fans, season ticket holders, and we've, we've tried to get things done uh, by the club uh, to recognise them. We think we've now got the OK for two plaques to be done, to be put on the, the wall, you know, the... the 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 walls uh, in in their memory, uh, which would be a nice touch. And each year we try and bring uh, the got actual shadow shadows of each of the victims. We we try and bring those along. Um, but all I would say, if you don't really understand what happened, look into it. It affected our city in a massive way. Those of us that lived through it and still does. Yeah. Uh, on, on the night, on the night, I mean, I wasn't born till '76, but my dad was actually in town that <coughs> night. Um, my dad and my uncle and, and their friends were actually in town, and they heard it all go off. Yeah, and they said at first, at first, they said somebody was running around saying, "You know, get on the bus, get back back to Harbour or whatever," because um, there's a they, they didn't think it, they thought it was a, a fire from a gas works or something. They didn't realise, you know, the yeah. full extent of what happened. You don't when these things first happen, do you? Oh, no, I mean, he says he remembers running to a payphone and quickly phoning my mum. She said, look, something's gone on in town. I'm on the bus home, like, and um, like my uncle and their, their mates, they all, all went back home. But, um, yeah, my dad even now says it was just horrific. It was just... I, I, I do a lot with... Uh, the Hambletons uh, are big um, in running this. Julie Hambleton. Yeah, yeah. She lost her, her, her older sister, uh, Maxine, on Facebook. She uses Maxine Hamilton as, as a name. Maxine was 18. She was going around to hand invites out for a housewarming party, and she actually stood right next to the bombs that went off. Mm-hmm. Her family's never recovered from that. Brian, the brother who dropped her off in town, has never forgiven himself. Um, Margaret, the mom, I, met, I was with Margaret again yesterday. You know, we still devastated by 49 years on. I've lost a son. I've got three fantastic lads. I lost a son. Um, and, and it never leaves you. But to actually lose someone who you've spent 18 years of your life nurturing and, and in such a horrific way, and 49 years later, still not have justice. Um, I, I really don't know how they, they cope. It's not, it's not just justice, is it? It's answers. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, answers are just this, aren't they, Nick? You know, it's 
Oh, yeah, I'll get that. Yeah, okay. yeah. There's lot, lots of pieces to the story. Um, as as always, without the truth, people put things together uh, and piece something, and and two and two comes to something more than four or less than four. My yeah. mum, my mum in 2005, the London bombings, my mum was on the tube literally the one five minutes before the one that blew up. So if she'd have been five minutes later, mm. you know, so you just, it just, it just shakes you, doesn't it? You just, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, everything's an if in life though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. While we're on the subject of terrorism and, you know, obviously 9-11, 22 years ago today, and I just want to... Yeah. And my love mm-hmm. and thoughts out to, and I'm sure for everyone here as well. Absolutely. America, you know, our, our, our friends over in New York and our wonderful owners in America, you know, just want to send out our thoughts to them as well on the mm-hmm. anniversary of uh, the worst day by far in America's history. Where was you that day, Paul? I was at work. I was um, working at Betterware as a team leader. I'd just come back off my lunch break, actually. It was like 10 to 2, quarter to 2 yeah, in the afternoon. Yeah, 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 because they're five hours behind, didn't they? I mean, I was. I was only yeah. there. In, I was only there in February this year. Obviously, as you, as, as Mark Meredith, you know, um, and mm. um, yeah, it was it was very emotional being there then, and you know, today, obviously, they're paying some great tributes down where we were, and obviously, I'm educating my daughter on it all as well. She obviously was long before her, but she's obviously been educated on it as well now. With obviously um, our visit back in February, but. Um, yeah, we might as well go around, actually. What's everyone's 9-11 stories? Where were we? All there you go. Lost. That's exactly what I was going to say next. Mm. I, I was in those two buildings a couple of months before it happened. It was my 50th birthday, and the kids had treated me to a week in New York. Uh, oh, wow. And <clears throat> we, um, me and the missus had a deal. We were going shopping, and uh, there's a place called Century 21 outside the Twin Towers, well, and it's still there. Everything around the Twin Towers is still there. It's only the Twin Towers that got knocked down. Uh, and we have this deal. We go shopping, and after 20 minutes, if she's bought nothing, we'd park company and meet up an hour later. And then she still has. Anyway, I wandered across to the, the, the Twin Towers, and I went up to the top. And that morning, it was about half past nine, and there were hundreds of New York kids, you know, all about – Eight, nine, ten, and kids of eight, nine, ten are noisy. New York kids are absolutely—it's a din. You can't hear yourself think with these kids. Anyway, I got away from them by going right up to the top uh, in the cafe, and I took a picture of the uh, whatever bridge it is. Um, Brooklyn, Brooklyn look, Bridge. Look, Brooklyn Bridge, you're correct. Uh, and then I went down again, and I. I, I, I got I got to the wrong floor because there's, there's there's two there's two lifts one one where you go straight to the top and then, and obviously the lifts that people are go to work there and I got I, I I got lost and I couldn't get out the building right that was on a perfectly sunny day oh, in, in late June in early June uh, and I I was in right panic anyway that was it and then I always remember going down in the lift on my own with this chap the lift operator. And we had a chat. You know, oh, you're from England, you know, all that stuff. And this lift was just like a big metal box uh, on a string. And it went down, and I said, thank you very much. And, and I, th- I thought about that kid. He could well have been in that lift that morning when that box was on fire with, you know, aeroplane fuel, etc. He would like He would have been like in an oven. 
and he would have been burnt to a crisp like you know like that. Now, hopefully, he wasn't that he wasn't working that day. Who knows? But it was so horrific. I don't. Uh, I haven't got it anymore. I, I, I bought a suit that day. I went. I went across to this uh, place, and I bought a suit. I bought a tie with the with um, uh, the Empire State Building on it. And I always wanted a, a, a flash American suit, and I bought that that day. And I kept it till quite recently. It just didn't fit me anymore. Um, it was much too big. <laughs> um, but but it, 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 it was the thought of what those people were suffering. You know, I had a lot. I had a lot. Apart from these squealing kids who, who annoyed me, you know, I could live with that again now. If if, mm. you, could, if you could turn the clock back. I'd, I'd, I'd have that again any time, rather than see see what happened. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was horrific. It was, it, the, just the thoughts of you know where I'd been and with those places didn't exist anymore. They'd just been wiped out. No. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I was actually on, I was on a plane, Paul. I was actually on a plane on the way to Sweden to work, oh, and uh, and I landed. I picked up um, uh, a hire car uh, to go from Gothenburg up to Trollhattan. And uh, there was just, I couldn't get a radio station with any decent music on it. It was just all low-key music, right? And I thought, oh, the King of Sweden must have dropped dead or something. And I get to work, and the gaffer says to me, because streaming video was new then, yeah? And I was the only one in our team to have a live link to Sky, uh, Sky News. And uh, basically, the gaffer says to me, he says, oh, a biplane has just crashed into the Twin Towers in America. I said, all right, I'll get it on my news feed, da 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 And I... My newsfeed flashed up just as, well, about 35 seconds before that second plane went into the second tower. And I said to my gaffer, I says, if this is going to be World War Three, I'm going. I'm going home. And if I'm going to die, I want to die with my children. And that was mm. it. But we couldn't, we couldn't go anywhere. We were so restricted. And uh, we... we um, uh, we got bussed by the ministry, the Swedish Ministry of Defence, all the way up to Stockholm to come back. Mm-hmm. That's my story. There you go. Chris Brown, Clay, what Do you remember anything about it? Um, well, I was 10 at the time, so I had just started year six. And I yep. remember walking home from school, and we put the TV on, and that was all that we saw. So we literally yep. saw everything. And it was yep. I'll never forget. It's the first time, I think, really, I remember something being on every channel. And every yep. channel you went on was the same story. And I thought, yeah. oh, we put a film on. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, my brother's got his mm-hmm. war film on or something. And then it just, yeah, then all of a sudden it hit you that it was actually something in real life. And I don't think you will ever forget. There's certain times in life where you go, that's where I was yeah. at that moment. Yeah. That's how old I am. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's when everything just kept accumulating. So it was one thing and then now going somewhere else and then now somewhere else. And I think that was the start of, obviously, Everything else that happened, but yeah, um, yeah I don't think you, I don't think you ever forget things like that. No, not I think moments like that. No, that's sticking in memory forever. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mark? Mark Meredith? Would you obviously? I guess this was when you were still in the UK, was it? Yeah, I was back at home with mum and dad, and again the same as Claire, just watching it on the TV, and obviously not knowing much about it then. But obviously, as the years have gone by and moving here, it's got bigger and bigger, and the tributes are obviously a lot. A lot more. So certainly the last 10 years that I've been in the States, it's been, I've, I've learned a lot more about it. 
Um, yeah. still haven't visited the, I still haven't been to visit the um, the memorial and stuff, and I, I ho- hopefully you know, soon will. will. Um, but yeah, it, the, the day of it, it was just sitting at home with my mom and dad and just not really understanding what was going on at the time, you know, just watching it on, on the news and just being pretty much shocked at it being so much, you know, live footage of these planes just smashing into it, so... Yeah, yeah. I, I just remember back in February walking to those, you know, the waterfalls where they've got everyone's names around, and yeah. it just sends like you know shivers down your spine. And then they've got this sphere. Yeah. There. Was, there was a sphere that was in between the towers. Alan, you might remember that. There was like a sphere in between the two towers, and yeah. that's all ba- that's all battered and bruised now. But they have left that on like uh, on top of the steps on like the memorial. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I have, I have, I have been back to the site. Um, when it was still a pile of rubble, uh, saw so, so the cross that they'd made out of uh, twisted metal. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was thinking back to these noisy kids and, and, and the way it was that morning, uh, going to it uh, five or six years later, I suppose, uh, I, I, t- I travelled down from Boston just to go there. And there's notices everywhere, please respect it. Because you know what it's like in America? If there's if there's an excuse to sell people stuff, you know, yeah. there's, there's no souvenir yeah. sellers. It's it's you go there and it's total silence in the, in the middle of you know the noisiest place on earth probably. Yeah. There's this silent. Right. This, I mean, they've rebuilt it now, yeah. uh, and I, I remember thinking, uh, what a difference, um, and you know, what what a bloody big hole. You know, it's a massive hole. You could have put St Andrews in it. You know yeah. the hole that had been made. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it, oh, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I went back. Uh, it took me a long time uh, before I did, but I'm glad I, I, I went back. And I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to go again and see yeah, what's there now. I've, um, yeah, I was kind of sorry to jump in, but um, yeah, I went. I went first time two years after it happened, 2003. I first went to Ground Zero, yeah. and it's like the big craters. And you couldn't go anywhere near it. It's just like orange, like plastic fences. You couldn't get anywhere near it. Um, and I remember some some guys. They were like selling souvenir guy, and it just seemed so wrong. Um, yeah. But then we went back. Then we went back five years ago, 2018, and see um, so how it all changed. Like say, Paul, that area. It's so eerie and silent by that fountain. It's, yeah. I knew it'd be sad, but it, you feel yourself well enough because it's, it's it, so emotional. Mark, it yeah. was very just, much the same when I went to Auschwitz. Yeah, but we yeah. stood. We stood in a gas chamber, and you looked up at the hole in the in, where they put the Zyklon V. Mm. Nobody, nobody, nobody would talk. Nobody. No. Mm. Where was you, Dave? <clears throat> I I um I worked for many American companies. I worked for Dana Corporation then, um, and I was actually in my board boardroom uh, just to go on to a. Um, a conference call with the guys in Detroit and literally as we joined up someone came into the office in, in Detroit and says put the news on straight away so we we put our telly on there and and spent the next can't even tell you how many hours just on this conference call then watching it happen in America on the TV and, and us in, in Birmingham watching it on the TV and just been cold because you, you you knew people that sort of worked in New York and you know would 
didn't know anyone who directly worked in in the towers, but knew people that frequented them quite quite you know quite often. Uh, thankfully, as far as I know, no one I know uh, was lost in it, but it just left such a chilling feeling. Uh, and, and obviously, being the American business, you, you know, it just uh, there's weeks of of sort of um, different things, different events, different memorials. I can remember we we had um, I can't remember how many weeks it was after, but there's there's a thing come around, so we have like a, a mini silence of respect for those that were lost. And every day in the plant uh, was told to, to respect it. Um, obviously being in Birmingham, we had some people that that, that didn't feel that their uh, religious beliefs would allow them to do that. So it caused quite a, quite a stir in, in the factory. We had quite a lot of bad feeling for a number of months uh, because of it. Um, I've actually been to New York probably a dozen times um, right. from before and asked, but I've never actually visited New York. I've only ever been in and out of the airport and, and I've, I've felt a few times like I'd find time to, to sort of go and go and visit it. But it's, it's like it's one of those that, you know, you just feel cold now and tingling just, just thinking about it. and. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of those things like Nixon. I've, I've done Auschwitz, and and that is just yeah. spine chilling. And and even you know, I'm I'm a, an enthusiast about the war. I read a lot about the war, so I actually thought well, I'm prepared for it. I, I understand what went on, and but when you're there, it's just it, it's just incredible. And I think it's, it's the size and the magnitude of it, you know, um, that just blows you away. And I think it would be the same with the towers. Yeah, the like, getting a bit restless, but uh, it is both for the weekly appearance yeah. on the talk. Yeah. So it's just, but it's, it is one of those <laughs> things that you never, you know, just listen to you guys. I was back in that boardroom, you know, on on the call with them, and, and it's just, uh, yeah, crazy. Yeah, everyone where I worked at the time, everyone was in the conference room watching it on the TV, mm. and I was like, "Who's manning the phones here? Yeah, like, you know, what's going on?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then it was I, like, I was, yeah. I've got in the conference room. It's all right, Mark. I've got in the conference room, and then you know we all saw the second playing live. It was just horrendous, mm. horrible. We we saw the whole thing on on because li literally it was breaking as as so we went on the call, and time just stood still. Then time stood still yeah. for it for a while, and yeah. then Claire says there was different things happening, and reports of other planes, and there was the thing with the Pentagon, and you know it just seemed to sort of go on and on, and you didn't. I've done the trip up to Trollhattan a few times from Gothenburg, Nick, and, you know, I was due to go uh, over to the States a few days what after. Place, what a beautiful it, place. It, it is, uh, yeah, yeah I, I, look, I miss my trips to Sweden. Um, but, and, and then into Europe uh, the week after, and everything just got canned. You know, yeah. you, you, you just told you're not travelling. Uh, I mean, I think it was, it was months after before we were allowed to travel anywhere. And it was because you were part of an American company as well. You were seen as a, you know, I'm sure anyone that worked for American companies, it was the same if you was sort of going around and used to being a traveler, you were, you were, you know, you were a soft target. So you were told to, you know, all American companies just stop traveling. So it's mm -hmm. crazy, crazy, crazy. But, you know, for me, uh, and if you've not been to Auschwitz and you've got an inclination, please do it. Please, I beg you, I implore you, please, please do it. And for me, the thing... The two things that I'll remember 
Well, no, I'll, re- I'll remember all of it. I promise you I really will. But the, the ones that stick out was the gates at Auschwitz. <laughs> I've seen them on the telly on films, but now here they are right in front of me. And you put your hand on that cold metal and you think about what went on inside, but you have no clue, really. And then Bir- Bir- Birkenau just took the road. Ten times the size of outfits. Yeah, you need to go when it's cold as well because you realise actually how horrendous yeah. it was. Yeah, I, I went there in the winter. Yeah. Dave, can I... You mentioned, you mentioned the effect that 9-11 had, had on the different communities you were working with. Um, I, rem- I, I, got, I remember at the time, life, life, life. We live in a we live in a multiracial city, or we did then, and and and, and to be honest, things were were okay. You know, yeah, yeah. there might have been all sorts of different arguments, but my my, my Asian friend said life changed for him. He'd be, mm. he'd be a young man in his twenties then. Life changed for him that day because you, you nobody, think, uh, nobody yeah. ever looked at yeah. him the same again. Yeah, we nobody ever looked at him the same again. You know, I, I was Yeah, I was born in '64, right next to the Blues Ground, Templefield Street. He got moved out, uh, batted around Centre Brum. First of all, it was you know you had a lot of Irish come in. There was lots lots of issues with the Irish at first. Then you had the the Caribbean influence come in then you've had the asian influence come on and and i i love my city and i love my people but that's not it, it's all people i i absolutely adore the fact that you know i've, I've been lucky to travel the world with, with work but i i, I experienced the world in my own city yeah, yeah absolutely right. like, us blues fans is, is you know we're irish we're caribbean we're asian absolutely we're we're all the same. We stand behind one love, and that's the love of our club and our sister. It doesn't matter. Mm. We we always say blues fans don't see colour. Mm. Some people take offence to that, but we don't. We just say. Well, I've got a T-shirt which yeah. says on it, Dave. Right, I see the person. It's got a Birmingham City sign, yeah. round like yours, and on 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 where where that writing is on on behind you. I see the person, not the colour. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Chris and Craig went to do on nine eleven. Uh, I, I worked for, for British Gas, so I was actually I, I not long got into the office. Um, and I, I always remember we was in this brand spanking new office. And you must have been on half a day. Must have been on half a day. I used no, I used to work. But it was uh, it, it, it was one that I can always remember. Just picking up the phone and just picking up with the missus and just you know, have you seen or what's 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 happening and stuff and. All the TV screens within the office had changed from where they were displaying, you know, what what our results were looking like to actually showing what was happening. And you know, we were linked to to companies out in the states, so it was, you you do immediately think of those people that are out there and mm. you know, what what's what's coming next. But I, I, I think same as everybody else, it was apprehension afterwards. What does this mean? You know, it was that fear of the unknown of what had happened and I don't think you know in honesty for anyone it was until a few days afterwards that things really hit home uh, and and you know Dave you, you, you've spoken at the beginning around the, 
the justice for the 21 and, and the support that people have put forwards. But I know it's been adversely reported as well around things. And, and I think it's, you know, as a, as a gent that sits next to me in the top, and, you know, despite everything that he's up against, he still does absolutely everything to raise funds and, and get the word out around what's what's happening. So, you know, for, for those listeners that, that may have joined after the, you, you know, you, you went through the details at the beginning, what else can people do to, to help support the Justice for 21? And, you know, whether it be just making people aware, whether it be pointing people to websites or, or socials, uh, and also, you know, if people want to give at a later stage, well, you know, where do we go? What's the best just, way? Just, to bef- do it? just before you go to that, uh, David, you talked you talked briefly about the uh, the football family as well, and I mean, just if justice for the twenty one, that really is that is nationwide, isn't it? With 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 clubs and that, the, a lot of clubs pitch in with uh, with the campaign, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, I, I did. Um Again, justice for the twenty-one. We say it's not about it's not about your team. It's about the, the city and the people, which is our people, you know, and our, our city. Um, but what we did, the, the original T-shirts, you, you might people wear the the black and white ones, mm. but then we we came up with the idea of having blue and white ones, them other colours, you know. Hey, good man. <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to say. It's um, West Ham but, colours, you can say, Dave. Yeah, West Ham colours. West Ham, I like it. Like it. West Ham colours, Albion colours. Even you know, even the yellow and green, which I must say looks looks really smart. The yellow and green Albion one. Um, oh, I thought that was and, and, orange. Sorry, mate. No, 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 orange. But um, I, I did the blue and white ones, uh, and honestly, I was sending them all around. Loads to Belfast, loads to Glasgow. Even the fella up in Grimsby, uh, loads to Millwall lads, Chelsea lads, and, and everywhere, and, and you get, you know, messages from from everyone. I mean, on, on Saturday, so we put the word out that, that Glenn and Ian would be in the city. Uh, there were probably about two dozen uh, people turn up. One lad drove up from Southend with his family. Because he's a mighty Glenn's just to, to spend the night in the city and see him off, and, and it's those things that and it doesn't matter whether it's twenty four or two hundred and four. So it, it it's that, and when if you if you look at find justice for the twenty one on Facebook and, and just look at the messages of support and look at where the people are from from it's all over the country, you know. Um, and like I say, Ian's a Leeds fan. If he considers himself. Uh, uh, you know, um, well, he considers Birmingham his second home. Glenn's a Spurs lad, um, and he always says, "Is I, I, I love him. Honestly, I do love him like a brother." And, and what he's done for me when I was ill. But as soon as you see him, the first thing he tells any Blues fan is, "I was in your seats in the eighties when we come and showed you how it's done." And it, you know, but then days are gone. We all, we all look after each other, and when I go down to Spurs, they really, really look after. Look after you. It's people from all walks of life. Find them on Facebook. I'll put the links up on on the Tilton Talk Show to not only the donation page, but also a few pages where people can find out a bit more. But if there's one, two two things, no, three things I'd ask. Do a bit of research into if you don't understand it. If you can, 
spare spare the odd dollar and donate for these lads who are giving their time and and trust me a lot of blood and sweat to 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 get get up to Belfast. The third thing is we have a, a memorial every year um, on on the anniversary. We we have a, a service in St Philip's. And then we walk to uh, the Justice for the 21 Memorial. It's just beyond, still call it New Street Station, but Grand Central, I think they're calling there between yeah. Grand Central. We've had, we've been to that and, and some of it is the police set up in a way where it's not really cordoned off. We've been there and I personally, I, I, had, a, I had a young lad come at me with a skateboard because he took offence to the fact that we were blocking his way so he could skateboard through the, through the city. Um, we, we, we stopped him and educated him and he was mortified after, um, you know, but that's turn up, show these families that they're not forgotten. Mm. Yeah. We're, we're a city of a million people. Yeah. And, and if there's hundred people at these memorials, that's as much as we get. That lad was going through the city centre on a skateboard, not, Got a care in the world, not worried about anybody else. You stopped him, you educated him. He was mortified. Yeah, well, that is the lesson for every he, single he person. He stood for the rest of the event. Well I'm done. Sure. Well done to the lad, not being funny. Yeah, no, you know, well done to the lad for saying, "Wow, this is a serious yeah. course. I'm stopping what I'm doing. Take back what I might have said or not said or whatever." And then just you know gone with it. Can I just say that? Uh, can I just say? No, do, do, can, hang, on, hang on, Paul. Hang on. You let people know the dates that it, this happened. Yeah. Paul, I can hardly hear you. I don't know I, your. Uh, hang on. I was just going to say. I've got, just, it, I've got it tattooed on the arm. <laughs> <laughs> What of November 1974? Sorry, 21st of November 1974. Yeah. Are we Next doing things at home and away games for it? Are we doing anything like away or doing any collecting at the ground? Uh, we, we, we have done. We did yeah, it before the uh, Leeds game, I think it was. Uh, we did a collection. I think they raised about £600. We, we do it at the other place, at, at the Albion and, and at Blues at least once a season, if not a couple of times. Uh, I may well try and... Um, I will speak to Tony and see if we can do something on the coaches on Saturday. You know, we, we very often throw the buckets around if, for, for anything, um, if we lose anyone or, or anything in particular, yeah. see if we can do something. But, you know, we, we, we says today there's 4,500 people on the Justice for the 21 Facebook page. All we need is everyone to donate a pound. Yeah. <laughs> for people to put 20 quid in, 50 quid, 100 quid. Just everyone throw a pound in. Can I just can I just quickly say, because I'm trying to get this in, I mean, we have had Julian and Brian in this very studio yeah. a few years ago. <laughs> for those who don't know the story, if you if you search for uh, on, on SRB Media, there's an extensive um, interview with them both. And... Some of the stories will, they will shock you. They really will. We talk, we talk about the young lad uh, on the skateboard that I spoke about. One of the guys that died is a, a, a young guy was just walking past when the bomb went off, just walking past through town, not a care in the world, 
I think he was off to make his match with girlfriend. Can't remember now. It's, you hear so many, there's so many, you know, what ifs around each and every one of them. Yeah. You know, there was a couple meeting and he was going to propose to to her and you know, and they were both killed. There was a guy that got killed. His wife was eight months pregnant. She gave birth a few weeks after. You know, growing up and you know, as I said, my own wife Trish. Never knew her daddy died before she was born. Um, you know, I know what that can do for for someone. Um, Julia South, Brian, Margaret, n- never forgotten. You don't. How, how can you forget losing someone in those circumstances? It's difficult enough. You never forget if it's someone close, but under those circumstances. And then the British government don't even speak to the families. The Irish government gave them a state reception. Yeah. In Dublin, they were treated like royalty when they went to Dublin. People have stopped me, members of my own family, uh, very close friends of Trish, have stopped me and said, "Why, why do you hate the Irish so much?" And I said, "What are you going about? Well, you you fight for this campaign, justice for the twenty-one. It's anti-Irish. I said, it's absolutely not anti-Irish. I'm married to an Irish woman. My my children are a quarter Irish." It's nothing to do with anti-Irish. If anything, the it's Irish people are supportive. Absolutely. It, it's about injustice. It's our city. It's 21. And it's not just the 21 lives. 184 were injured. Most of them. And, and of course, David, life-changing really injuries. They've had to live with that as well for yep. the rest of their lives. Another thing we've really got to think about is those guys that were incarcerated for a very long time. Mm. Huh? Yep, yep. Justice for yep. them as well. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Justice means justice. It, it's not, you know, when, when the guys get to Belfast, they're laying a wreath. They're laying a wreath in the name of justice for the 21, but the laying a wreath in the memory of everybody lost during the Troubles. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah. no distinguishing of religion, of, of what, you know, nationality or anything. It's like, when, you, you know, I have the same with Remembrance Day. Yeah, uh, I, I do a lot for Remembrance Day, um, and you get it all. It's 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 this, that, and the other. It, it's not. It's it's about all dead from all wars and remembering those people that sacrificed. You know, what, you're absolutely right, and and I, I know that the rest of the team all, all know this. But I'm just going to turn my iPad around, right? That <clears throat> uh, is a memorial wall. To my other half son who was killed in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I just want to say, Dave, I think for everything that you've been through as well, I want to just congratulate you for the walk yesterday and just congratulate mm-hmm. you for keeping going and doing all this for the justice for, tw- for the 21. Um, I just think that I think you're amazing, to be honest. So I just want to say, I don't have the same view myself, but I appreciate you. Know what, though? I, I spin that around, and I, I don't, I don't ever. And you, what you guys do is, it's fantastic. You give your time every week to to do this for our club and our our fans, you know. And, and there's been times, and you know, me, me and Chris went through a spell we didn't quite see eye to eye. And and sometimes when you're in the midst of a battle and we were fighting for our club. You don't always see eye to eye, but it doesn't mean that, you know, I learned early in business, there's nothing personal. You, you stand your corner, you fight your corner. Yeah. But I, I get, you can probably tell with my voice, you know, I, I, I take this personally. This hurts me. 
and and I I was in no fit state to, to do any of the walk five days ago. I made myself get into a condition where I could. If I can, there's no reason anyone else couldn't. And and as much as I love the two guys that are doing the walk, as much as you know, there's lots of people and there are lots of people who do stuff in the background for, for this cause, for our city, for our club. There's not with a million people in this city and there's not one Bromley walking that route with them. Yeah. So the very least we can do is show our thanks for what they're doing for our city and our people by donating, by finding out about what happened. And on the anniversary this year, all turn up at St Phillips. Let's fill Pigeon Park, yeah, Pigeon Park. with people. Mm. Mm. Show the families that we've not forgotten. We have posted the website for Justice for the 21 onto the message board. Um, and also, Dave, we, we have had a message board message from uh, Glenn Randall, who is mm. actually said uh, he's doing the walk and it's a huge well done to you for, for, for it as well. And the, the other thing I've looked up is, you know, closer to that anniversary, what, what are the games? And I can see that Birmingham are at home. I think it's the, the Saturday afterwards on the 25th against Sheffield Wednesday. So perhaps, you know, we can work, as we know people do listen from the club, let's work with the club and see what we can do in and around that day as some sort of uh, commemoration of, of what's happened and maybe get some more charity raising done outside the ground on, on that particular day as well. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a different talk show tonight, ladies and gents, because obviously there's been no games. Um, and Dave, he's such an interesting character. Wow. Uh, Dave, were you were you well received in both Northern and Southern Ireland? Good question. Uh, yeah, uh, there's been times when I haven't been. <laughs> um, I've travelled through work. I've travelled everywhere. I used to go to Southern Ireland pretty much every other week. What was um, your job? Uh, I've always been in manufacturing, uh, first okay. my years in, in automotive, uh, latter life or last fifth, well, last 18 years in aerospace. So I've generally been, I've started off in commercial roles, went into operations then, and have been sort of MDs okay, cool. of, of groups. So, you know, so you have to travel. Um, interesting times when I was younger, younger, fitter, <laughs> um, and, and traveling. Southern oh, Ireland. Uh, much, much better looking <laughs> much better looking um, if you've seen my wife you know at some point in time I must have been better looking because I've got no money and, and the yeah. other things that are all the definitely punchy in there definitely punchy so you, you'd get stopped now and again because you were suited and booted and, and people would want to know what this English guy was doing roaming around Southern Ireland but generally didn't have any issues few few incidents in, in pubs where you know, people would, would take exception. But I had more difficulty in Belfast. Really? Yeah, where, I, but you in, that's, you know, um, I would only ever, I'd spend three or four days at a time in Southern Ireland travelling around, but Belfast, I only ever flew in and I flew out the same day. I've never actually stopped in Belfast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a couple of times in, in my early trip, I did it twice, my first two trips, Landed in city airport, jumped in a cab, and away you go. And and they start chatting to you. You're suited, boozy, over coat on. You know, I've, I've had short hair or no hair since I was about 28. 
So um, you look like you might be something other than what you are. Uh, and then you get in a cab and they're getting questioned and you notice the rosary bees hanging from the, the uh, you know, the, the rear view mirror. And um, you, you can get a little bit uh, exciting. And, and the second time I did it, I mentioned it to where I was going and said, look, you don't, you just don't jump in cabs around here. We, we'll pick you up. Let us know when you land and we'll pick you up. Never had any real trouble, but it just... You had to have your wits about you. Yeah. You had to know where you were going. You had to make arrangements for people to meet you and, and to drop you back. Uh, and it was, I've been in and out of airports all around the world. Belfast City Airport, when the troubles were on, was like landing in the middle of a military base. Mm. I mean, Ireland is an absolutely beautiful country. It's beautiful. Mm. And I, I, I don't. I don't get why so close to our own doorstep there's a divide. I don't get it. I know it's religion and politics and all that, but uh, break down the barriers. Hmm? Um, yeah. I mean, as a general, as a as a general statement, though, like I said, Belfast, uh, it's it's lovely. I've been we've That's been a couple of times. Yeah, I've yeah. only been to Southern Ireland. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Nick. Yeah, I've only been to Dublin. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. Funny enough, I've never been to Dublin, but. Uh, Belfast is I mean we've been obviously my son's 16 so we went first time when he was about 7 or 8 cause he's obsessed with Titanic so he went to the Titanic water and all around there and it's beautiful it's so interesting and full of character it's it's really nice place yeah. mm. I've never been never been to Ireland but, but really Belfast, nice. just coming on to Blues a minute though what do we all think of the rumours last week about obviously the Rangers connection with Eustace oh. and a certain Wayne Rooney being linked with us. I mean, can I just, but, can I just uh, say, Paul? I think it's covered a bit more pace. I think it covered a bit more pace than just to be a, just than to be a silly rumor. To be honest, I mean, was you? Hearing I think it's a very silly rumor, and I think personally, right? Eustace knows that things are happening at St Andrews, and he's a blue nose himself, right? Uh, as for Rooney, seriously, thank you. No, that's my. Opinion. I think. Mark, Mark, I think yeah, Mark Meredith in America. Have you heard much over there about this? No, not really. Just uh, literally just watching Sky Sports news is the only thing that I've heard. But I actually I think it's more of it just being international break and the press yeah. not having yeah. to do Absolutely. Absolutely. Keep Absolutely. people, yeah, with nothing to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd, I'd be amazed if Rangers made the same mistake again. The, the, yeah. Why would they go for an untried championship manager again? The bad two and they failed. Yeah, for a third. It's funny how the start of a new week we haven't heard anything, isn't it? Yeah, I think he was. He was people putting two and two together and, you know. Keyboard warriors. Yeah. yeah I don't think it's just keyboard warriors, though, but in all honesty, I mean, they always say there's no smoke without fire. So perhaps after at some point in time, there were discussions, but I think the Rangers owner has gone public and said he chucked his dolly out of the a little bit, which is what caused some of the friction. But I just get really, really fed up of listening to some of the drivel that, that is out there. Um, it's reported, and then all of a sudden everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Do you know what? As a club, well, we've been through enough. We don't need any more change. We need stability. And the way yeah. to build stability... You, you if yes, if we lose four or five games on the bounce, trust me, he, he won't have long. 
No, 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 I agree. No. I agree. And uh, Rooney, though, Rooney, the only reason why Rooney's been touted for is because he's in America at the moment. So people have gone two or two and gone American owners. And, and he knows Brady. I, I think Gary Cook, Gary Cook's a switched on bloke and, and he's yeah. a blues fan. He loves the club. You, you know, how many times have you seen him pictures on, on the car park at St Andrews coming out to just spend his time talking to blues fans? Yeah. He, he's not gonna. He's gonna do everything in his power to do the right thing. With all of his contacts in football, do you really think the next manager, if they get really used to, is going to be someone like Rooney? I, I just don't. I don't see it. Brady might want it, you know, because it's his mate and he sees him as a name. I can't see Cook swallowing on, that. On you, Dave. Harry Kane's his mate as well, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> we did enough with Zola, so we don't need another name. We need. I did, I did post up uh, when 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 we knew it was all happening. I posted up the Mbappe one in the blue shirt. So at first, yeah, I was yeah. <laughs> I'm getting taller here with this one. I must admit, if it happened, I think well, once you knows, we don't we don't know. I mean, we, we don't. All, all we know is the future's brighter than it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think on the uh, managerial fronts, uh, you know, more of a worry than than John Eustace at the moment is the. Uh, the poor form of the of the lady since you know we've invested so much money and three mm-hmm. games in only one point and um, what only one goal one goal your video will be going up later on today and I know Stephen Gell your write up will will go up as well and they're both completely honest the way things are um, it begs the question have we invested too much in a very short space of time and has it upset a little bit of a balance in the team. Um, we need to get off mark. You know, the plain and simple thing is, we go another game or two games into this, if we haven't got the three points and started climbing the table, we're going to be nowhere near a promotion team. And to see Crystal Palace, for example, who beat us the week before, but going out and spanking Durham by 9-1 the weekend shows that other teams mean business. But on the opposite side of that, we also need to back... This, this team, you know, um, Saturday, uh, Sunday, we've got a game against Charlton at St Andrews. You know, let's, let's get as many people down there as possible to support it. I mean, we've got, what, 11,000, 11,500, maybe even 12, now 6,000 season ticket holders for the men's team. Every single person gets a free ticket to go and see the ladies. So why can't we get that sort of attendance and support down at St Andrews? I agree, it's not everybody's kettle of fish, but Guess what? Get your ticket. Give it to somebody else. Give it to somebody that wants to go. Let's get the get people down there, support <laughs> back in there. That, that crazy, uh, difficult one. You can't advocate that really, can you? What? Giving a ticket to somebody else. You can. Yeah. You know, it's it's a. Yeah, it's, I'd it's rather it be gold than not use your ticket. I mean, yeah. I'm going to do it with mine. I'm going to give it to people who I know who would be who would never go to a football match. I'd rather give them a ticket than it go for yeah. not being used at all. And I know that there's only the one stand open, but it doesn't matter. Let's still fill it. Let's give them. Let's give them an excuse to open up other areas of the grounds. You know, let's let's get down there and back Darren Carter and the ladies. Um, let's get these first three points over the line at the weekend and, and look to take things forwards because it is a bit of a rut. But at the end of last season, it was the total opposite where we couldn't lose a game. And, you know, we beat ultimately the champions. We beat the teams that were in and around us at that point in time. So we know they're capable of doing it. 
Um, we got the Barclays player of the season in Jade Pennock in our team. You know, not even the team that got promoted when they had their players named in that run. So yeah, no, that, yeah, yeah. we've got that and now we need to, to, to get behind them and show them some support and, 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 and back them as much as we possibly can. Mm. Claire, somebody's put a lot on, turn it off. I'm, still, uh, I'm sure they can turn it round with Hope Powell there and obviously yeah. Darren Carter's a top bloke, isn't he? So I'm sure, I'm sure they can turn it round. I'm sure they can. I, 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 I watched the game yesterday uh, and the end of last season I went, I went to the same venue and we beat Lewis 4-0. Uh, Jay Pennant got a couple of cracking goals and I went to Crystal, see him play Crystal Palace. They won that 4-2 again away. And I, what I saw yesterday was totally un, un, unbelievable. Who are these people? They, I mean, Jay Pennock, no, I mean, she was wonderful last year. Uh, goals, 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 goals. She never looked. She never looked like she was at the races. There was, there was, there was this. I would say she's probably eighteen. Uh, a young black girl who wore glasses, right, and couldn't hit the ball. And 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 she, she just denied Birmingham's forward line any any sight of goal. She was wonderful, and I'm thinking, what, what what's happened to this team that I saw? To, uh, it's only f- four months ago, four months ago when I when I saw this, and I'm saying, oh, well, if we don't win the league this year, we'll piss it next year, and they ain't going to. They don't look like they're going to score a goal. It's really, it's really, and, and, and I don't know. Somebody tell me. How, how can a team? I know we've had new faces, but that's supposed to improve us. Yeah. It hasn't. What's what's happened? Very much so, can't it? I mean, we've experienced it in the men's. When when we look about the amount of income that that happened back in the red nap day, and we was like, oh great, we're bringing in all these fantastic players, yeah. and they're all going to better us. But actually, some of them some of them made us worse. Same and we with paid us. a massively heavy price for it as well, Craig. And I think, but the the thing is these. These players at the club at the moment, and these these ladies are capable. You know, they haven't come from teams that have just scraped their way through stuff. They've come from teams that have been in the women's super league. You know, they have been released. They've come to our club. They want to see us go forwards, and I'm sure that we we can do something, and we can get the momentum that that we need. But in turn, that still requires our support, you know, and uh, I'll try my absolute utmost to be there as many games as I can. The little one wants to go more and more, you know. The women's games on the up, so we need to, to be there to, to support it as well. And uh, That's the problem though, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. trying to get a slice of the women's game. You know, Blue, Blues are one of the top, you know, outside of the big two or three, we're the only side to sort of challenge them for, for 10 years. Unfortunately, yeah. we've got caught cold just as it's getting... Really popular, you know. If we don't, if we don't get. I'm a massive Mosley fan. <laughs> Talked to you earlier. Massive Mo. I used to go to Mosley when I was a young kid. Mosley used to win quite regular trophies and leagues, but then got caught in in financial trouble just before pro- professionalism kicked in in rugby. They've never recovered. You know, they're, they're in the doldrums, and and you don't want that to happen. To I don't think it will. With, with the Blues ladies because, you, you know, there's too much being invested in it. But everybody's doing it, you know. There's a lot of catching up to be done and other teams are... are sort of, I mean, look at them like down the road. Uh, I mean, they've been nowhere for years with 
women's football, and all of a sudden they come come from nowhere and they're, and they're up there and you know the, the pinched half our side and the manager yeah. and that. And, yep. you know. Don't you think though we need a revamp of the women's game? We just one up. It's just not. Don't seem fair, does it? I, I mean the championship. Super League. It's ridiculous. I, I mean they want to grow the numbers. Um, but there seems to be a fear over growing the numbers of teams that, that sit in the Women's Super League, and it makes no sense whatsoever. It, it, it go back to like we are, you know, two teams automatically promoted. Why can't yeah. they have a playoff and bring some of the, you know, if the, if the leagues that are below yeah. uh, are given a chance, maybe merge them together and make one bigger league so that there's more competition, more teams then to be relegated. It's all to do with money. Sorry, Claire, I didn't hear that. Sorry, Claire. Sorry, sorry. It's all to do with money. So I know a lot of players that play like below the championship level and, you know, like I know players who play for West Brom Wolves, Forest and things and people like that. And it's all to do with the money. It's the travel. It's the fact that they're not like professionals. They, mm. you know, they work all week and then they play a game on a Sunday. Mm. And I think if you, the the women as well is obviously if you're um, in an academy for a boys football team. So say if you're Blues, you will start the academy. You could end up finishing the academy, then going up to you know the Blues first team. So you're used to playing football every single day. You know, you go to school, you play. Women's football is totally different. This is one of the reasons why we're getting all the ACL injuries and everything else because they haven't got the academy structure. And, you know, like Leah Williamson was like, I used to play, I have to play once a week and I trained once a week and she's now England mm-hmm. captain. That's why, that's the problem. We're so far behind that the grassroots need to catch up with the boys' grassroots. And then that's when it will then accelerate. You, you know, you've got the Man Cities who have got loads of money. I mean, unfortunately, those down the road, you know, they've got Rachel Daly, Jordan Nobbs and all these England internationals as well. And you've got Arsenal who can just get players and everything else. Their, their league's ahead. We've been behind yeah. ages. And that's the problem because... You know, the owners took the money from the women's team. At one point, we didn't even know we were going to have a women's team. No, no. no. So, Claire, a quick question for you, Claire. Right? Mm-hmm. If you were a, a ladies footballer, yeah, would you sign for Birmingham City or would you sign for Arsenal? Um, Arsenal. Take, you know, I was going to say, take the Blues element out of it. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I just think that, like, obviously, you know, I've played football for years anyway, and it's just the tears and everything, like, it's just so, you know, to get all sponsorship, to get everything is so much more difficult in the women's game, everything from grassroots upwards. But obviously, hopefully, that will start changing, you know, we're already so many years behind because we were banned from playing football as well, so... Hopefully the the uh, the blues ladies. Hopefully she will be back as well. So I think we miss her in defence as well. And just hopefully yeah. we can, you know. Question from me. Okay. Next week we've got a game on. Sorry, I'm talking about blues blues men now. So Saturday we've got Watford away. Yeah. Tuesday, Tuesday we've got Preston away. Mm. 
And then that Friday, literally three days later, we've got QPR at home. We've got the squad to cope with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have now. Um, that all fits, yeah. 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 Do you think that's? Do you think? I mean, that is quite close together, isn't it? Tuesday and then Friday after, like, so you got what? Have you seen Christmas? Well, the championship is four it? games in twelve days. Yeah, four games. Four I saw that. Three yeah. days. That's crazy. You've got three yeah. games. Three games in six days, though. It's not not normally that bad, is it? Three games in six days. Is isn't the Friday night one on TV? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, mm, you know. Yeah. Sky says jump, and we say how oh, high. You know. I think also. Yes, it's right. Checkbox, isn't it? Should... Checkbox. Yeah. It's not just that, though. I mean, I, I, I can tell you straight off that one of the other reasons is we've just played a game against the bunch of nutters that are Millwall, where there was mm. trouble outside the stadium and and in the centre of Birmingham. Millwall absolutely hate and detest QPR. QPR are playing Birmingham. Millwall are playing West Brom. So part of the movements on the Friday evening is also through the police. And that is the right thing to do because, you know, do we want to be known just on a Saturday afternoon that we've had a three o'clock kickoff and all it is actually is an excuse for the fans to get together and have a punch-up afterwards? Craig, do we want to show this and that kind of attitude to our new owners? No. No. It's not, not, though, but... I've said it yeah, before, and I'll say again, they're not fans. That's an interesting point, Craig, because li- living here, uh, where I do, Millwall is one of my local games. I can get to Millwall in yeah. an hour. So mm-hmm. I have, um, from here, I've, I've lived here be 10 years now, uh, and I've seen, I've been, I've been to the away game at Millwall every time midweek, because midweek there's a few tickets available. Mm. On a Saturday, I can't get there, right? And we've we've also played Millwall at home in midweek, and there's been no trouble. In the last two years, suddenly they say, oh, let's have Millwall turning up to St Andrews on a Saturday. And both times there's been trouble. Mm. Now, why do they think, you know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Millwall have turned up. Eight years, eight seasons on the truck at St Andrews in midweek, and probably won five of them. Yeah. Uh, mm. what, what, uh, and in in front of a very low crowd normally as well. Mm. Why did he? Why did they suddenly let the reins off and think think nothing would change? I mean, it's it's mm. it's ridiculous. It's like an invitation, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Part of it's also, though, you know, and the guys from Westmeads Police, you know, when they've been on the show before, have explained that the games go through their categories. So there's a, there's a you know, a game that, that's a risk of trouble. So they'll try and swap it. Well, if they then go a few seasons where there's no trouble between it, it's downgraded. So, yes, you, you're right. There, there have been a few games where Millwall have been down and... and there's been no no hassles. Normally, those midweek games, you know, as they've come up in the fixtures, because mm-hmm. um, it doesn't give the excuse to go out and get absolutely twisted beforehand. But right. yeah, it's, it's, I get it. I get it. Link with with QPR is the reason for that Friday game as well. And oh yeah, I can't can't knock it. It would have been also West Brom changing it, and I think it's a lot. I mean, easier would you would you break seriously? One Birmingham City fans, Millwall fans. Queen's Park Rangers fans and West Bromwich Albion fans in the city centre at the same time. The answer is simply a two-letter word: no. Well, they, they would all 
that if they if the guys were played simultaneously, all the fans, the London fans, would all come up on that Houston train at yeah, the same man. time. And they you on the same route. Be, you'll be lucky to get the bloody thing into into New Street in one piece. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've travelled I've travelled there quite a bit, and and you, and you get you you do get mixtures of fans. You know, uh, you'll get people going to Coventry from London, or people going to the Albion yeah. from London, obviously coming to us from London. Uh, and I sit there and look around and keep my gob shut, and and you know they're all. Drunk out of the, the minds before they, they 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 get on the train, you know, at, at ten o'clock or whatever it is, you know. And I, I can understand that. I can understand that, but I can't understand why we played Millwall two two seasons in a row at home on a Saturday. Can't understand that because it was working before. The problem mm. is also it does affect. Like for example, I have disabled people behind me. And I know that they cannot make night games. So yeah. it does affect more and more than just, you know, it does affect everybody. So, like, they'll say, oh, you know, like, we haven't got a home game. So is it the 4th of November? November. November yeah. Yeah. Well, so those people are going to miss out. I mean, the next few away games we've got coming up are Sunderland, Norwich, mm. Southampton and Middlesbrough. I mean, they're you're talking. They're missions aren't they? Yeah. So mm. you know, it's thinking about those that can't make it because it's moved to a Friday, but it's understandable why. But mm. at the same time, you know, we have got some more on a Friday as well, haven't we? We've got uh, the Albion as well. Yeah, the Albion as well, isn't it? So. Well, I'll tip, I'll tip my hat anyway to any fan that's going to be at all three of them games next week. You know, because you got Watford away, Preston, Preston away, and then obviously QPR on the on the Friday. Obviously QPR's not a problem, but Watford all the way. I can tell you now, Paul, categorically, I can't make all three. I promise you. I'm I, not I, going I, to Preston, but I'm going to Watford. Yeah. yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, girls and boys, talk talk show on Monday night. Here we go. Um, we're into the last fifteen minutes. So I'm going to come to the last fifteen minutes in exactly two minutes' time. I want you to quickly discuss the World Cup final. Kiss. Um, totally outrageous and wrong, and I'm glad he's resigned. Do you know what? When we won the, uh, 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 the, the... oh Claire, oh. it's wrong. I'm sorry. He have got her arm around him. and I'm glad he has resigned. That is all I'm going to say. If that happened in the street, if that happened in the street, be arrested for sexual assault. He'd be arrested. Oh, for God's <laughs> sake, what a Poxy country we're now. He's, he's, done, <laughs> he's done the right thing. He's gone, but he should have gone a lot earlier to stop all the hassles. Um, sorry to say, but end of conversation. But here we go. I have got higher or lower. Go on, then. Hey, I'm not being funny, but I'm just going to give this quickly, very, very quickly, right? If I was sat or stood next to you and we just won the cup, and I'll put my tongue down your throat, mate. I promise you. Well, don't do it to any woman, no, you do, do it to whoever you want. But don't but ask them for consent and then they'll probably say no. Yeah. <laughs> Controversial. So, uh, I love it. Higher or lower. I love it. Love higher it. or lower. Um these are mixtures over the years. So Dave, I don't know if you've you've heard over the past couple of weeks what we've been doing, but in short, got a list of players and it's based on goals scored in the league as per um our friend Wikipedia, which we do know can be adapted because we've seen some rather funny comments. But this is based on the goals. So we say, are they higher or lower in terms of the goals? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So we'll start off with uh, Paul Furlong. He's the first player. And my question is, did Bob Hatton score more or less than Paul Furlong? Oh, it's a good question. Got to be more. Wow. That's a tough more. one, isn't it? My first zero going the Blues, Bobby Hatton. I'm going to go go more. I'm going less. More More for me. I'm going to go more for Bob Atten. Yeah, yeah. A few people go. So the answer is, it is more. Bob Atten scored 58 goals during his time at the Blues, whilst Paul Furlong was a nice round 50. But one interesting fact, though, is Paul Furlong still has the best goals to games ratio in the club for the past 35 years. Really? He's now. So, wow. Yeah, but he did score to Raleigh on the 75, did he? Oh, no. <laughs> so the, uh, the next player is Simon Sturridge. Ooh. Hello. He didn't score that many times. <laughs> <That's fair. laughs> Not on the bed, it's Versus who? <laughs> low, I'm def- I reckon lower. Yeah, he's got to be lower. Got to be, yeah. Lower for me. Yeah, I'm lower. I, think he, I, I reckon he only scored about 30 goals for Blues. Yeah, yeah, he chipped in seven or eight. So 26, I said. Mr. Meredith. Talking about, I missed it. Simon Sturridge. Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Meredith, good knowledge. He actually did score 30 goals for the Ooh, club. Well, well done. done. Guess good, Mark. Good guess, Mark. Uh, my, well, boy, he's he's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is um, Steve Claridge. More or less than 35. He's oh, he's oh more. More. I think he got more than 30. He got 20 in one season, didn't he? He so, got 25. Yeah. Most oh, season, he got like 27. Watto, Watto, the savant too. <laughs> I think it's a trick question. More. Yeah. Oh, I, I, oh, I don't know, you know, because he, the season after we got promoted, he, he was there then, wasn't he, in the championship? Yeah, he didn't score that many, though. Yeah. He was only there for a bit, and then he went to Leicester. He went to Leicester. He was only with us, literally, for like a bit of a bit of like the, the one season when we went down. Mm. And then he was in he was in League One then, wasn't he? Under where he got over twenty goals, like Alan said. Mm. But I, I think that's lower. Yeah, I think that's lower as well. I think so lower, actually, than, lower than thirty or what? what lower than thirty is what he's what we're saying. So by actually he scored thirty five goals for Birmingham Ooh. during that stint. Did it? Yeah. One against us at St Andrews. Mm. Was I was at Leicester when he scored against us in the cup. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Four two. Yeah. yeah. Next one is... Uh, scored as well that day, didn't he? And Tony Cotty did. There was three players who scored against us there that played for us. But all nice. Next next one on the list is uh, Phil Summerall, friend of the show. More no, or less? Scored a few good. I'd say uh, uh, Phil was in the side a fair good. number of seasons. He was, yeah. Mm. He was. So I'd say higher. I'm going to say higher as well. I think it's yeah. about... I'm going to say 50-ish. I think he was top scorer for a couple of seasons. 44. He was top scorer at the club before Francis. There you go. So just to give you a hint. How many did he get? Oh, you're not talking about He was higher and he actually got 46 goals. Oh, what's that? 46 goals. Is that it, Craig? That's incredible. No, one more. One more. Djokovic, higher or lower than 46? Higher. Higher? 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 50. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be higher. Lower. Higher. So, out of all the players that I've actually mentioned, Djokovic is the highest scorer and still going, obviously, with 62 goals. 62? Wow. Plus his two terms oh, at St. Andrews. Okay, for the last uh, 10 minutes we go now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, oh, oh. Anything to do with football? 
and film titles. I'll start off with Charlie George and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> mm. That's probably going to be your best effort. I'll, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Troy Story. Oh, have you been practicing this or not? <laughs> no. no, I don't know what you're talking no. about, Nick. Oh, die! Say... What I've had. Oh, die! <sighs> Come on, this, this is this is why this is why I don't join you, because I like then... it. I like it fresh, and I like I like it to be inspirational. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I reckon uh, Unlove Actually as well was my best one. Unlove Actually, <laughs> oh, that was very good. What about um, Frayman? <laughs> Frayman? Yeah, like I'll, I'll chip in with Greyfriars, Bobby Charlton. <laughs> or Tate Moyle. Tate Moyle. As in Ate Moyle. Yeah, we heard it the first time, which wasn't very good. But what about the Breen Moyle? The Breen Moyle is another one. Instead of the Green Moyle. Yeah, what, yeah. what, what about Lauren Vardy? <laughs> the Green Off Moyle. <laughs> Brave Heart of Midlothian. What was that, Al? Brave Heart of Midlothian. I like that. Yeah. Like it. yeah, I think mine's the uh, best. Uh, Knott's Forest Gump. Yeah. Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> <laughs> Bridge over the River Fry. Oh, good <laughs> let, let's let the viewers let's let the viewers have a go now, shall we? Go we on, have. Uh, we've got some good ones. We've uh, Mad Max Colin. I like that one. Good one. Uh, Mark Brooks has said Billy Wade Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, he's absolutely superb uh, and let's also not forget we've got the good the bad and the violas yeah. good one good one I think Steve Job mentioned earlier if we mentioned we if we talked about the um, improvements obviously carrying on now with the stadium and we did at the very start of the show but yes. it's been put back four weeks because of the delay hasn't it so yeah. will it be sort of January when it's fully open again yeah I think November actually is what they've gone. You know what, Paul? I Both. don't think it matters. I think the most important thing is is the work is back underway. Yeah, yeah, but obviously it's going to be delayed though, isn't it? Because of the delay. Um, yeah. So I think it was due to open in November. Did you say, Craig? Was it? So it's going to be December then? Yeah. No. Well, the announcement they've made is that originally it was the end of September for the Tilton, Tilton. and then I was looking at October, beginning of November for the COP to join the announcement that came out from the club hasn't actually given specific dates, but has mentioned that they are looking to finish all work in November. So I think they're they're targeting for the whole lot to be done, which it makes sense because, you know, we want to be able to sell half your season tickets into those areas. And credit to Birmingham City for giving us this information. This is what Mm. we want. Mm. All we ask from our football club is you keep us informed. Who's the company, Craig? Who's the company? Mace, Mace, they're the company that actually builds new streets. They are, and I think what was that? Claire, what was that? From Birmingham, Um, I knew someone who used to work for them. They're a good company. Oh, they they're brum based. Yeah, yeah. It's a Buckingham group. I think it's fair to say that the group, possibly, and dare we say this, we know we've had it as a topic of conversation, but. They're putting themselves in the window, I think, for an opportunity to to potentially build us a new stadium. If they get the work done, mm-hmm. they do it to the timeframes. Then, yeah. if ever we move, which again, rumor. When we move, when we move, do you know what? I've been going to Blues since nineteen seventy three, right? Which is actually fifty years next year. Mm. Hmm? No, it's not 50 years this year. No, 50 years this year, December. And I've seen the old cop, the old tilt and the main stand, 
the Monst- railway standard. I've Monstrates. seen the improvements that have been made, yeah. and I've seen I've seen it degenerate into like a uh, a disgraceful show that was, and I'm seeing a rebuilding. Hmm? And if We've I got- see a stadium, if I live to see a new stadium, I would love to be one of the first people through the door. So some of the uh, the fans' uh, names and films are coming through at the moment. So, um, yeah, I was just waiting for this, but the Tom Brady bunch, it, it had to appear at some course, point. Yeah. Oh. Ray Hobro has said, Raging Steve Bull. That's good. Uh, <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Malloy has gone with Tommy Knockers. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, say again. What did you say? Tommy what? Tommy, Tommy Knockers. Knockers. Instead of Tommy Doherty. Oh, uh, uh, Okay. Then we've got uh, Ray Harbro again with Citizen Harry Kane. Yeah. Uh, Nigel Mann, Lee Carry On Camping. <laughs> oh, I like it. Anything to do with Lee Camp on this on this part of the show is always welcome. <laughs> uh, Nigel Mann has gone with uh, Hotter and the Chocolate Factory. I was just waiting for a Hotter. Well, was, nah. The head's been spinning, I promise you. Just while they're still coming in for the last sort of minute or so, um, Mark Meredith, best goal you've seen live at St Andrews? Oh, oh, right now. You've got, to, you've got to go back. Yeah, I think probably um, oh. Francis against Leeds in the uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. final. That was a cracker, wasn't it? a cracker, yeah. yeah. Especially just just the height of him as well, and seeing him smack that one from yeah. all I can say, all I can say with that goal is he rings and a massive chain around his neck. Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not at St Andrews, but what about that goal we scored at Liverpool? Oh, Jerome. Gil. Yeah, good. Yeah. Star Wars The Force Cell Awakens. 
I'm going for Mary Hopkins. <laughs> Four Salah Watkins. Yeah, like. Mary Hopkins. That's not bad, is it? Uh, Dealey had a well, point. Right Quantum of Salah. Quantum of Salah. <laughs> but you, but only Claire, you must have been thinking of him in your lesson. What I want you to do today is think about films and put them people so I can write them all down. <laughs> yeah, forget, forget what you put on your agenda. You've just got to do this in your lesson. Yeah. I wish. I wish. Uh, of course, we've got to put in there, look who's tilting talking. Oh, yeah. very oh, good. Who's that one from? Because I'll good. tell you what, that's right up there. That's Is it wicked? That's mine. That's, that's Greg's. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that was awful. awful. If you said it was awful, I was going to say it was Mark's. Um... Hey, hang on. <laughs> oh, been waiting for a Wayne Rooney one, but um, yeah. Wayne Rooney, sure. Graham? There's a winner. Have we, have we, have we got a favourite? It's got to be Zulu. Yeah, it's got to be. Toad of Toad Spore. Wham, wham, wham. Saving Prime. You can tell he comes from Coventry, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not from Coventry. <laughs> the, de- the devil in West Prada. Yeah. <laughs> Indiana Phil Jones. <laughs> I, did, I, did this, I did this one last last time we had this <laughs> subject. Godfather 2, Rocky 3. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, for God's sake. Oh, <laughs> God, what a, oh, what a brilliant. <laughs> do you think next film should do TV? Yeah, I'll give the last fifteen away. Think about oh, it. You give it as I say. You just killed it now, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can I get away with uh, a lad Ingles. Who? Was it he said to me? Mark, Mark, Mark. funny, Mark. There you go. Uh, Nick, Nicholas, it's time to You're go. You're all mad a lot here. It's time to this, go. Is this has been a Tilton Talk Show. Uh, Monday, wow, the 11th of September 2023. As we've remembered tonight, those that were lost and affected by the 9 11 atrocities. And we've also spoken. At great length, and David, what a great conversation as you are on the subject, my friend, uh, on uh, on the uh, justice for the twenty one. The work on St Andrews has rescheduled. It started. It's we're cracking up. They're getting on with it. And you know what? We're going to love you and leave you until next week. Watford next uh, Saturday, isn't it? This Saturday, yeah. This Saturday. Yeah, Watford right. away next Saturday, three o'clock. It comes. Be safe, Birmingham City fans. Yeah, be safe. From Paul Hipkiss. One flew over the cockoo's nest, over Mars attacks. Good night, all. <laughs> over Mars attacks. Yes, that's good. <laughs> Stop to see. Great, Courtney. You know, everybody, and just a couple from the shape box. We've got Wayne Clark's world. Uh, we've already mentioned some like your hotter, but for me, Alice in Wagnerland, that's just absolutely <laughs> brilliant. That's good. That is superb. And that's from Lily Pad. Right, name and shame because that's the winner tonight. That's Lilypad, and that's uh, and Dave. Just so you're aware, Lily writes us some really good poetry, and uh, has said that she is actually going to write one based on the Justice for Twenty One. So as yeah, soon as I'll send it over to you. Brilliant, thank you. Okay, Watto, Watto, Chairman of the Board. Good night, everybody. God bless you all, and yourself, my friend, uh, Dave Taylor. Yeah, thanks for this time again. Uh, much appreciated, and and as always, keep writing. Uh, Dave, you know what? 
Then first seven minutes, mate, I'm going to watch and watch and watch that over and over again, I promise you. Uh, Chris Brown. Uh, good night. Thanks for listening. And Diggly had a bowl of popcorn watching the film. Leg evening. Uh, good night. See you at Watford, wherever's going. Where's your mum tonight? Um, she's sat over there. <laughs> Turn around. Let's have a look. Let's have a look at the Mrs. Giblin. Come on, no. Bab. Come on, Bab. <laughs> <laughs> she's going, no, don't do it. Yeah, well, I'll see you at Watford. Yeah, I see it. Uh, Mark Adams, have I forgotten you? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's perfectly acceptable. Mark, can you let, uh, can I speak, please? Uh, have a lovely week, everyone. <laughs> Take care. Who <laughs> 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 is to you, Mr. Forsman? Uh, oh, I love you, my people. You're all absolutely wonderful. God bless you. Um, have I forgotten anybody? Mr. Meredith. Meredith in America. Meredith oh. in America. Oh. And of course, you know what? Tonight we've talked about uh, 9-11, 22 years ago. That is just insane. Crazy. Absolutely insane, Mark. Let's just hope that things like this never happen again. Never. Because... Awful. Anyway, from myself, the Tilt and Talk team, which has been an absolute blast tonight. A little bit of a show. We don't care because, like... So, we spoke about other things. And it's great to do that. For every single person that's tuned in, listened, <laughs> or watched, thank you, God bless you, take care, and we'll see you back here. And Just say goodbye, Mark, in America. Wee! Kyle! Good night, Nick. You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Night, Mark. Night, Craig. Night, Billy Bob. Good night, John Boy. Good <laughs> <laughs> night, Mama. And all the bitches in the street. Good night, Mark. Good night, Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> She's still off. Come on, Brilliant. Brilliant.